Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Uplift Fit Nutrition Radio. I am super excited because today I have Rachel Mystery here. She is actually a member, a coach, and a registered dietitian here at Uplift Fit Nutrition, and she is also thebomb.com and one of my favorite humans. So, Rachel, thank you so much for taking your time to come on my podcast, and also thank you for being one of the most amazing people in the world. Thank you so much for having me, Lacey. It's great to be here, and I'm really excited to chat with you today. Me too. So let's first tell people why they need to stay on here. We are later going to talk about allergies, gut health, the huge connections, you name it. But I want Rachel to tell you guys her story, who she is, what she's been through, because you guys, it's going to blow your mind. So Rachel, tell my listeners who you are, your background, and essentially what got you so focused and interested in functional medicine. Of course. Okay. So my name's Rachel. I am a registered dietitian. I do live in the Bay Area of California. Um, I I don't want to say that I fell into the functional medicine space, but my my graduate program was a it was combined with a dietetic internship, and my graduate program basically helped me and everyone in my cohort learn to kind of take a a critical look at the recommendations being thrown around out there regarding nutrition and why somehow sometimes the dietary guidelines aren't actually perfect and you know they don't work for everyone and in my dietetic internship and my trainings in the hospital i personally felt like a lot of the nutrition recommendations throwing around, thrown around out there in the medical community, that there was like a diet for every disease, right? Oh, you have this condition. It, it means that you need to eat this way, which as you and I both know, that's not always the case. There can be lots of underlying reasons and causes for people's symptoms and discomfort, even other diseases too. And so getting into functional medicine Uh, The reason I'm so passionate about functional medicine is I kind of went through my own health journey in a very unorganized fashion and getting to the underlying reasons of my, you know, health issues and imbalances, it wasn't the smoothest process. It definitely took some time and some trial and error on my part, in addition to lab testing as well. And so for me, my biggest symptom that I've, I guess you could say that I've overcome has been really, really bad and severe allergies. And so my allergies started right around the time when I went to college, when I moved away for college. And I went to college on the central coast where there were a lot more plants, there was a lot more flowers. I know a lot of people just used to blame their allergies on, oh, it's just because San Luis Obispo, you know, it's it's the central coast, there's so many plants. And this was something that I would communicate with my doctors about. Um, They just, you know, recommended that I went on Flonase and would take Zyrtec or Claritin. And I think I started on Claritin and then they had me switch to the extra strength Claritin. And then they recommended that I took Claritin and Zyrtec together. And, you know, by the end of my senior year, I was taking anywhere from three to five Zyrtec on a daily basis. And I was using Flonase multiple times a day. And this, I wasn't getting a ton of symptom relief. It was my reliance on these medications, even though they were over the counter, was just increasing. 
And very gradually, very subtly, my weight was also increasing at the same time. And it was one of those things where you kind of didn't realize it on a month to month basis or even a, a yearly basis. But looking back over, you know, me as a freshman to me as a senior, I had easily gained 35 to 40 pounds. And my diet hadn't really changed over those four years. Of course, there's, you know, you're away from home, you're eating in the dining halls, you know, a little bit living the college life, yes, but it, it didn't account for the weight gain that I had also experienced. And then by the end of my fourth, but as I was about to leave and move away from San Luis Obispo, I had started to develop really bad, um, like a patch of eczema on my elbow. And it wasn't, it wasn't going away. It would flare up and, and calm down. It would come and go. It would fluctuate. And I was eventually prescribed a steroid cream for that. And then around the same time, maybe six months beforehand, um, I started to get really bad allergies with my eyes. I wear contact lenses, but I was good about you know, taking them out, washing them, scrubbing them down, and changing them at an appropriate rate. But you know, my, my optometrist also put me on like a steroid eye drop to basically help with the allergies that I was having, you know, that they initially blamed on me not washing my contacts as well. And so basically, by the time I was ready to even go off to grad school, I was on four to five Zyrtec on a daily basis at this point in time. I was taking Flonase multiple times a day. I had prescription eye drops that like burned my eyes half the time. And then I was also taking a steroid cream for the rash on my arm. And meanwhile, this is all before I had really even discovered functional medicine and functional nutrition and really thinking about the root cause. And then I went off to grad school and of course, you know, I was stressed. I thought it was the normal grad school stress type of a scenario. And I, you know, was bloated, but I just thought it was kind of normal. And all of these symptoms, they they just kept getting worse and kind of like growing. My Eventually, my eye allergies went away, but they were always still kind of persistent. Um, I didn't like using the eye drops, like I said, because it made my eyes burn. It was just, I felt like I just kept getting on, put on more and more medications to manage this allergic type response. And so... It wasn't until I started working in the functional medicine space where I realized there was likely an underlying reason for all of these symptoms, and I started to dive a little bit deeper. Uh, and since then, I've been in the functional medicine, functional nutrition space for three years now. Um, I've gone through training through the IFM. I'm almost done with my certification through the IFM. I did your internship, Lacey. And then I've also been working through other various mentorships as well. So learned a lot. Um, and throughout the process, through kind of personalized lab testing, tinkering with my, my diet, identifying my personal food sensitivities and improving my overall gut health, I today at this point in time, am, I do have like the occasional allergy here and there when pollen decides to make its appearance for you know a few weeks in the spring. But I'm not taking any allergy meds at this point in time. I'm not on any prescriptions at this point in time. And overall, it's just been eye-opening to realize, you know, I was seeing three different specialists for my allergies. And of course, it makes sense. None of them were communicating or talking, but 
big, big picture, all of the reactions I was having, they were regulated by the immune system. And as you and I know, so much of your immune system is located in your gut. And at the point in time, I was never having major, major digestive discomfort, just some mild bloating, um, which I thought, you know, was normal, as many of us, you know, think our symptoms are just normal for you. But um, like I said, I went through lab testing, made some diet changes, and now I, I don't need to take any medications. I'm, I take some supplements here and there, but otherwise, um, things have really improved. And I'd be happy to chat about the nitty gritty with you as well, too, but it was a process, you know, it took a year and a half, two years to really feel like, oh my gosh, I am better. Things have significantly improved, but yeah, I'm really happy to have found the functional medicine, functional nutrition space. And I think personally going through my own health journey, journey, I, that's why I'm so excited and so passionate to be working in a space where I can help others get to the root of their own health issues as well too. I love that. And you can feel it and you can see it in the clients that you work with because you're able to connect with them. You understand what they've been through. I absolutely love that. And I'm so glad you were able to get to where you are today. And you're just doing great things. I mean, it's not just gut health you're good with. You're good with everybody from infertility to PCOS to anxiety. I absolutely, you know, I already adore you. (laughs) You're like one of my favorite people. (laughs) So let's get into those nitty gritties. First, let's talk about some of those issues with the blanket cause approaches of throwing the Flonase, throwing the Allegra. Let's talk about what that does to the body. Yes. So what I found, um, and I didn't know, of course you don't know this until after the fact, (laughs) right? Um, But all of the, like the Flonase, the Zyrtec, the Claritin, especially all those allergy meds that I was put on, they were all definitely um, appetite stimulants as well too. And eventually the reason why I needed to take more and more and more of these medications is because my body was essentially, you know, getting used to that dose. It's okay. Now we need to bring in a higher dose. Now we need to bring in more allergy support. It's like, well, the, the thought process is, you know, we don't want to just suppress the immune system. We want to figure out what's putting so much of a burden on the immune system in the first place that's creating these reactions. Um, the steroid creams and the eye drops, there were definitely, you know, tons of, you know, the potential side effects that could occur with it as well. But um, looking back, I know that I'm confident that I had some nutrient deficiencies even induced by the amount of allergy medication that I was on to. So kind of sad there. And then same thing with the Flonase. It's just um, your body eventually develops that resistance and that tolerance to it where it's like, okay, you're just taking more and more of these antihistamines and these steroids where it's like, let's, let's dive deeper as well too. Yeah. And I've been there with the allergies and just being like, Mm -hmm. okay, here is my allergy medicine. I'm going to just get through the day. This must just be the trees trying to kill me. And we get so used to it being so common, especially with other people dealing with allergies, that we forget that allergies are not just like always a normal thing to have. Like they could be a root cause of something else going on. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that Flonase because this is something that a lot of people don't know. So you guys get ready for it. What can Flonase do? Well, and so the problem with Flonase in general is we know that um, 
Flonase, well, there's, there's, you know, if you, if you search like the traditional side effects of it, right, it's like, oh, you can get pink eye, you can get blurred vision. Um, but for a lot of people, it's this like Flonase to a certain extent, it's, it's a corticosteroid. So then what you can start to do is, um, you know, they can create these like systemic side effects, including like chronic inflammation of the nasal passages. Um, they, it can, you know, this corticosteroid can lead to elevated blood sugar. It can interfere, interfere with your insulin. It can interfere with your cortisol production and then downstream also your sex hormones. And so when you're relying on more and more of this steroid to combat that inflammation, your body is building up that resistance and that tolerance to it as well too. Yeah, and there's some connections with it producing secondary adrenal insufficiencies. Now, that, of course, mm-hmm. is not going to be for everybody. But if you've been using something like Flonase or a glucocorticoid, whether that's a cream or in a spray or, you know, ingesting it, that can spell a recipe for disaster for your cortisol levels and your hormones. Because as we, as we all know, it starts top down. Adrenals flow directly down into the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should mention throughout all of this too, when I was in high school, I had really bad acne. And so I was put on birth control right before I went on, went to college to, you know, control and regulate the acne. And so I'm personally curious about the effects that birth control had on my microbiome you know, coupled together with the way that it depletes nutrients, how that affected my allergies and just my overall gut health too. I think it was just like a long-term, a slow burn buildup of this inflammation and cortisol dysfunction and hormonal irregularities too. Mm-hmm. It was like there was a little bit of, there was a fire in your home and it took to the fire <laughs> grew and like the house blew up for things to, for the fire alarm to go off. No, exactly. So it was a mess but we're all good now. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the testing that you did and then kind of the, the treatments and things that you did to help yourself. Yes. So for starters, I was really, you know, I, like I said, I, I was very slow about this process. I personally started with an elimination diet. I eliminated, you know, the common dietary triggers like dairy, corn, soy, eggs, gluten, sugar, a few foods for three weeks. Um, And what I did is I kind of monitored how I felt throughout those three weeks. And then I reintroduced them one at a time to monitor and see if I noticed any changes. And the interesting thing about it is I didn't feel any different while I was on the elimination diet, other than I saw like a slight decrease in bloating. So I went ahead and I added gluten back into my diet. And I was like, hmm, I think I might be more bloated. But, you know, and I, I totally get this mindset because I know a lot of patients have this too. It's like, well, maybe the bloating was just because of where I was at in my cycle. Or maybe it's just because I ate a little bit more than normal, right? I was eating bread. So maybe I just ate more because I was so excited to have bread back in my diet. Um, so I kind of brushed that symptom under the rug unknowingly. And then I added corn back into my diet. And I kid you not, Lacey, I had the worst allergies of my life after adding corn back into my diet. I was nonstop sneezing all day long. I I wear contact lenses. My contacts would not stay on my eyes. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, and and I ate, so I loved corn prior to that. Um, I was eating popcorn, like homemade popcorn on the stovetop all the time. And so 
you know, I vowed, you know, to reduce corn in my diet, but I, I kept eating and eating gluten. And then down the line, I ended up doing a GI map. It's a stool test that basically looks at your microbiome. It rules out parasites, worms. Um, it looks at dysbiosis, imbalances in your beneficial bacteria and potentially like pathogenic harmful bacteria. And it also looks at how well you're digesting and absorbing your foods. And one of the markers on the test actually is also, you know, it's not a perfect test by any means, as you know, but you know, it, it looks at how your overall like gut immunity and your gut lining is holding up. And then there's another marker that looks at, okay, is there immune system reaction to gluten in the gut and in the body? And this marker on the GI map, for me, the anti-gliadin IgA was elevated. And so that was kind of like the like red flag for me of like, okay, Rachel, like this gluten sensitivity, this is legitimate. This is real. Um, and from that, that was two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago at this point in time, um, since pulling gluten out of my diet and remaining on a, you know, 98% corn-free diet, I contribute a majority of those diet changes to the improvements in my allergies. But at the same time on that stool test, I also saw that I had overgrowths of bacteria that were high, they're histamine producers. And a lot of us know histamines as, okay, histamines are the, the compounds that are released by our bodies when we have an allergic response. But unfortunately, there's also bacteria in the digestive tract that produce histamine as well. Um, some of those include like Morganella and Klebsiella. And so I had an overgrowth of Klebsiella shown on my stool test. So I went through like a personalized protocol to treat that bacteria and then following the treatment of, or the removal of that bacteria, I also worked to increase levels of bacteria that are histamine degraders. So we also have beneficial bacteria in our digestive tract that when they are low, they can't properly break down histamines in our body. And so it was kind of a, it was a multi-step process. I first started by removing the histamine producers, and then I focused on ramping up and supporting the bacteria that breaks down histamines as well, too. You did it all. I'm so glad you did this stool <laughs> test. And I like to, and I say this to my clients now, I'm like, okay, I 100% expect there to be something based on your symptoms and if there is not like I'll completely refund you and I've yet to see anybody when I guess not have something wrong on their stool test oh exactly and that's one of those things too where I think many people think I don't have diarrhea or constipation or GI symptoms so they they, they like to defer the lab testing it's like well so much of your immune system is located in there. I've seen patients where, you know, their their eczema, their migraines, their headaches, their hormonal irregularities improve just by treating and addressing the gut. And of course, you know, this we, we also don't just spot treat what we see on, on the GI map. We also need to address the environment that allowed the bacterial imbalances shown on the stool test to occur in the first place. And so like big, big picture for people, it's as you know this too, it's, well, what what created so much stress and imbalance in the body that allowed this overgrowth to occur in the first place? Was it a food sensitivity? Maybe it was nutrient deficiencies caused by medication or just like lack of that nutrient in the diet. Maybe it was that 
individual went through a period of stress in their life that weakened their immune system, which then led to that bacterial overgrowth. And so it's, it's not just, we, we know we don't just treat the test. It's, well, let's take a step back. Let's look at the big picture. What could have created this in the first place? And that's where I think a lot of um, cases can, can miss the ball, essentially. It's not just pummeling our patients with supplements. It's what created this too. I absolutely love it. All about that root cause effect. So I'm so glad that you mentioned it took a process, right? It wasn't just one single month. It was years of healing and years of digging. Mm -hmm. And people need to remember that. Like the more you look, the more you find, the more you know, the more you can fix. And it can take months to years to be able to figure out what's going on. No, exactly. And even through the midst of me, identifying dietary triggers and working through my stool test at the same time I also in the middle of all of that you know decided to come off of the birth control pill because once again didn't learn about all the side effects that it had until I had been on it for eight years which is a bummer but I even remember coming off the birth control pill and I like broke out I was fine for a few months actually I had nothing wrong with me or you know no new symptoms for two to three months. And then all of a sudden I started to break out with acne, like little whiteheads all over my face. And it just ended up kind of being the hormonal rebound after coming off of the birth control pill. But it's curious because it makes me wonder, okay, you know, how long was I suppressing my own production of hormones? Because I had originally gone on the birth control pill for acne. So it's just like, it's hard to say what exactly was my root cause through all of this, but um, I think the food sensitivity component had been there for a while because even as a kid, you know, I had eczema. I knew that I was lactose intolerant. Little things here and there popped up as a kid. I always, you know, was getting sick or ear infections, things like that, but it all kind of came full force when I went off to college too. So it's like, was it the dietary changes? Was it the mm-hmm. nutrient deficiencies? Was it the gut health that had changed? But I would agree. It was definitely a process. And looking back, I was definitely struggling symptomatically for over four years, if not longer. And so it only makes sense why it took, you know, it, it was such a process to heal. And I, we oftentimes have to remind our patients of that too. It's not like you take this supplement or you make this diet change and things improve in a week. Like even just thinking about the gut lining, it, t- it can take months for the gut lining to completely heal and repair. So that's where I always encourage patients, you know, to give their body grace. It's part of the healing process. As long as we're seeing progress, that's a win in itself too. Agree 100%. I like to use this very morbid analogy. You did not dig yourself into a grave to not have to climb out of it. Exactly. It's terrible, (laughs) but this is the way it is. I mean, you dug yourself into the grave, whether you knew what you were doing or not. Some people, they know what they were doing. They're eating like crap. They're over-exercising. They're under-eating. They know they're doing it. Other times, people just go, go, go. They don't know that the birth control is affecting them. They don't know that the allergy med is depleting their stomach acid and causing them to develop Mm -hmm. SIBO. They don't know these things, but it does take time to get out. Exactly. No, exactly. Um, which as long, I think that's the thing. Many people are aware of that. I think the conventional medicine model, however, right, there's a pill for every ill. Oh, you have high blood pressure. Here's a pill. You have eczema. Here's a cream. And in that case, we're masking symptoms too. And we're used to that 
immediate relief or mm-hmm. relief within a few days. And unfortunately, the root cause, you know, getting to the root cause isn't always as easy. So let's talk a little bit about that immune system in the gut, because this is super important, you guys. So let's talk about secretory IgA. Let's talk about leaky gut. What does this mean? And why was it so important for you? And why is it so important for other people when it comes down to their entire health? So the way that I think about a leaky gut or the analogy that I always use for a leaky gut is it's almost like, a, you know, it's the, the gut lining is the gatekeeper into your bloodstream. And essentially, your gut lining is what separates the inside of your small intestine, your digestive tract from the bloodstream. And the gatekeeper, you know, this is where we absorb our nutrients, vitamins, minerals, our our calories. We, we absorb all of our nutrients across the gut lining. But when we have a, you know, leaky gut, it's not that we have you know, gaping holes in our small intestine. It's that on a microscopic level, the muscle fibers that hold these cells together start to break down, or we start to see the breakdown of the actual cells that line our gut break down. And then you're getting partially digested food, toxins, bad bacteria from the inside of the small intestine leaking into your bloodstream. And now your immune system has a split second to determine, is this compound that's leaking into the bloodstream friend or foe? And it Oftentimes, the immune system can easily become overwhelmed when it's dealing with all of these toxins from the gut entering the bloodstream. And my, what I always say is, okay, when you have a leaky gut, it's you see symptoms in like your weakest link of your immune system. And I think that's also part of the reason why it was so hard for people to accept the concept of a leaky gut in the first place, because for one person, it creates allergies. For another, it creates brain fog for another it creates you know anxiety and depression as a whole but this leaky gut it leads to low-grade systemic inflammation which you know over time can just become more and more problematic when it comes to symptoms for patients as well and so one of the best ways or one of the a great way to test for a leaky gut is through that marker that you had mentioned is the secretory iga on a gi map as well And so low secretory IgA is actually linked to and associated with the presence of a leaky gut and also associated with low immune system activity in the gut. And so same thing here. It's not just pummeling the body with supplements to heal a leaky gut. It's figuring out, well, what created this in the first place? And for some people, that may include building rest and decompression into their daily routines and that lifestyle because we know that stress can also punch holes in the gut as well and so everyone's you know leaky gut protocol or low secretory iga protocol is also very individualized but um i've also seen individuals who have a leaky gut come to us with a long long list of foods that they don't tolerate like oh when i eat legumes i get eczema when i eat this food i have allergies when i have this food i eat I I bloat. And at that point in time, it's not demonizing every single food that somebody is eating. It's figuring out, well, why is the immune system so burdened in the first place? So that was a really long-winded answer of me answering your question. (laughs) It's completely fine. (laughs) But but yes. (laughs) I like to think of the gut lining kind of like a door, and we want the good guys 
and the bad guys, we want those to be divided. So we want the good guys to come in. We want the bad guys to stay out. And when you have that quote unquote leaky gut, heightened intestinal permeability, low secretory IgA, we have slight damages in our door. And then we have the good guys and the bad guys coming into our bloodstream. And then our fire alarm's going off um, and mm-hmm. our intruder alarm. So... And just to recap, what are those things that can cause heightened intestinal permeability? We've mentioned birth control, stress, um, infections, dysbiosis, nutrition deficiencies, medications. There's a lot of different things, food antigens. So there's a lot of things that can cause us to have that heightened intestinal permeability. And there's a lot of things that we can do to help heal our guts and to prevent that inflammation and that immune reaction that is becoming that is a downside, downstream effect of it. So you guys, that's one of the most important things when it comes down to healing your gut and healing your skin and healing your allergies is supporting your immune system. Exactly. I can't reinforce that enough too. And then, you know, also just thinking too, on a basic standpoint of like allergy support in general, of course, there are things that we can do to just decrease inflammation in the body as a whole, starting with, you know, an anti-inflammatory diet, right? right? A diet rich in nutrients, vitamins, minerals, you know, healthy fats as well can has been shown to lower inflammation. Um, symptom relief wise as well, too. I think, um, I know we've spoken about this, there are a couple of different supplements that contain quercetin in them that help your body degrade histamine naturally, um, nettle root tea, or even the nettle root tinctures can also help your body degrade and get, get histamine out of the body faster as well too. But that's where it's a slippery slope between, okay, are we taking 10 supplements a day that degrade histamine or are we, you know, using it on an as needed basis as well too? So glad you said that. So when it comes down to our guts, we need to focus on what we're eating that plays a big role with everything. So diet, Mm -hmm. lifestyle, stress reduction, our environment, and that includes the internal and external environment. So endocrine disruptors, you guys, those can actually damage your gut lining as well. Got to look at those. Um, And of course, our mental and emotional and spiritual health, all this matters. I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, my mental and emotional health is just fine. Well, unfortunately, we don't know how stressed we are sometimes until we take a a step back. (laughs) And then we see, oh my God, I am stressed. So be willing to get uncomfortable and to dive into your thoughts, to journal. These are things that can actually be super beneficial in order to heal every aspect of your life. 100% absolutely Um, and it's so multifaceted and I think that's what people don't realize is it's really easy to get a stool test and be like oh my gosh I have found this one thing it's this bacteria that's creating all my issues Mm -hmm. stop looking any further and I think that's where we can kind of get tunnel vision where it's let's take a step back let's look at the big picture and not just hyper focus on any one value too I agree and it's always asking why and then you ask the answer to the why is okay why Right? So you keep asking exactly. why and why and why. It, why? Because of stress. Well, why? What stress you out? Well, why? Like it keeps going down. Um, and it's kind of like peeling back the onion. No, oh, exactly. It's the deeper you get, the more places you have to look. It's interesting. Exactly. Yay. Well, this has been so fantastic. And I know my listeners have learned so much from you. Now, I want you to tell my listeners, if there's one thing that they can do to tackle their very best health, what would that be? Honestly, as as cliche as this may sound, 
I, my thought process is, you know, like eating the most diverse diet as possible is going to do wonders for your overall gut, for your overall immune system function, and just overall like your sanity too. A lot of us can kind of get in that rut if we, we find a meal that we like or a recipe that we like. It's like, okay, I eat these foods. <laughs> this is my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But in reality, the the more diversity we have in our diets, the more diverse microbiome we can have and the more that beneficial gut bacteria can flourish. So as as silly as this may sound, even different colored items of the same produce item can really move that needle. There's four different colored bell peppers. There's orange and purple cauliflower, um, different berries, different cherries. You know, incorporating that variety into the diet can keep things interesting and support your overall health long term too. I love that so much. And those are easy, simple fixes. And mm-hmm. I totally get it. I'm a creature of habit. I like to tell people if 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 it is as easy as changing one thing a day, make it just one thing a day. You know, swap your cauliflower for, for broccoli, swap the exactly. carrots for zucchini. Like just one simple change can make a big difference. Absolutely. So where can my people find and follow you? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. Um, my account is Radiate with Rachel, and I share a lot of health tips, recipes, ideas over on that account as well. And if you guys want to work with Rachel because she's the bomb.com, you can reach her on my website, upliftfitnutrition.com. You guys, Rachel is the best. And if I did not have her on my team, I don't know what I would do. Like, you're my second eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been great too, being your second eye and, you know, working with the patients that we do. It's been so, so rewarding um, and just helping women and men just feel so much better. So it's been great. And I will never forget this quote from, Felicia that you sent over to me when she said working with Rachel has changed my life I started working with Rachel after becoming sick of not getting answers from physicians about how to improve my eczema and allergies and also to improve overall body composition I began with the call check-ins and then transitioned to email check-ins together we completed a GI map micronutrient panel and wheat sensitivity test so I want to share that because she did digging She did not expect to find things right away. She did the digging that she needed. And she also said that Rachel is incredible. She was available via email and text, helped me in moments when a computer wasn't available. Rachel always gave me a summary, discussed resources, gave me resources. And I love when she said, this specifically she never presented me with unrealistic options or made her suggestions seem like the only way to see changes that's awesome i loved working with her too she's great (laughs) incredible so the great the awesome part of the story too is felicia was able to get pregnant after being on birth control for over five years, was able to improve her eczema where she no longer needed oral steroids. And she has had her first year of zero allergic reactions. She's lost 15 pounds while increasing her intake by 700 calories a day without adding additional movement or cardio. So I say that's a huge win. Mm -hmm. Lots of wins with her, which is great too. 
YouTheBomb.com, Rachel. So you guys, if you want to reach us, you can. Please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. You leave us a five-star review. Uh, let us know what you want on the podcast as well. Feel free to DM me at Faith and Fit. And let me know what you guys want me to hit on topics. So thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. And we will catch you later.